Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, today's episode is definitely unique and special in that we are turning the tables and I'm handing the reins over to Sarah Erickson of Sarah and Design. Sarah is actually going to be interviewing me with a quick Q&A using questions that she developed, I'm a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, all about becoming an educator and the state of education for creative entrepreneurs. I'm so excited about this because as we're leading up to the release of the Creative Educator Academy, me, a program that I'm designing for creatives who just want to learn how to teach well and how to serve their students in the best possible way. So I'm really excited to jump into this Q&A. And without further ado, I'm going to hand the reins over to Sarah. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you here. A little nervous, but I can't wait to hear what you've got planned for us. Hi, Laylee. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's fun to be on the other side of this uh, podcasting setup, (laughs) asking you the questions this time around. Um, I feel like as your friend and a collaborator in business, I've learned so much from you about education and curriculum design. um, And I think that everybody else will really benefit from all the things that you have to share about it. So I'm excited to ask you some of these common questions that you've heard and that I have had for you over the years so that other people can also learn more about what it's like to be an educator in our industry. Oh, I'm glad that you think, I'm glad you think it's fun. It's a little nerve wracking from this side. So now I know how everyone feels when I pester them with questions because I'm like, what is she going to ask me? It's definitely a little more nerve wracking to be in your position, (laughs) but I know that you will be able to answer all of these. You're such an expert educator that you're not going to have any problem with these at all. So let's just dive in with an easy one because I know you care so much about education and delivering well thought out education to your students. Why are you so passionate about education and teaching? Ooh, that is a good one. That is an easy one because I could talk about it forever, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. I honestly, as a former educator myself, um, I was a high school teacher for years. And before that, even I, as a former dancer, I taught dance in studios. Anybody who's danced before knows like you tend to be a studio dancer and then you kind of move into the role of teacher if you want to continue on in that studio. And so having education as part of my life has been there basically from the time that I was a young adolescent to today. And so I just, I truly believe that quality education and being a quality teacher can make so much impact. And so that's really the heart of why it's so important to me is that I've seen it time and time again, the impact that one quality, incredible teacher can have on so many students and on so many lives. And in this case, in the creative industry, on so many businesses, which then impact more and more and more lives. That's like a ripple effect. And so that's kind of the goal here is to equip teachers Uh, to be able to do that without any formal training the way that I've been formally trained. I love that idea of a ripple effect. And I've definitely seen that in the students that you've trained and the people that they've then gone on to train. So I love that you have that mindset overall of making the big impact. Um, You mentioned that you were a high school teacher for seven years. So tell me a little more about that. And how does that experience impact your approach to education here in the creative realm? Yeah. Oh, I love those days. I I was ever, I was very reluctant to leave. I really had never planned on 
quitting um, as a teacher. I thought that I would always be a teacher full time and maybe have some side hustles. But of course, you know, best laid plans. I just, things got out of hand. I was doing really well in business. Um, thankfully, I'm very thankful for that. But I initially, um, initially I had never planned on, on stopping teaching because I loved it so much and I love working with my students. Being in a classroom is definitely a different, obviously it's a different environment than anything that we have as adults really, unless you seek it out. And so I think using that experience to kind of help creatives like harness the ability to have that same impact in a different environment is really important to me. Um, I feel like I can't really bottle up what I learned in almost a decade of being in classrooms and then having that, you know, those years having my own classroom as well. But even before that as a sub and a student teacher and just living and breathing education all day, every day for, for that amount of years. But anyway, yeah. So I just feel like the things that I learned, my hope is to be able to kind of like dilute them down, make them impactful, make them easy for creatives to be able to then use when they're working with their own students in different environments. That sounds amazing. I cannot imagine being a high school teacher in a high school classroom. I think that requires a lot more patience than I have. (laughs) Oh no, you'd be surprised. High schoolers are tough. Like I, I always say that elementary and middle school, especially middle school teachers have to be so patient because they're a little more fragile. I mean, teenagers are fragile too, but like you can, you can give a little bit, you can lose a little bit of patience with them and they, they can take it if they know that you love them. I have a feeling that I would probably be fired within the first week <laughs> as a high school educator. I would definitely not be qualified for that, no. um, which I guess leads me to my next question. What does make someone a qualified or effective educator? Um, I know that you've seen a lot of different teachers and teaching styles, both in that high school classroom setting and then also now here in our creative industry where it is popular to share your knowledge in a particular way. Um, What gives someone that qualified edge or not? Yeah, I think that's, oh, that's such a loaded question, but I can share just a couple quick thoughts on it. I feel like because in in like the education industry or in the education realm, obviously there's so many prerequisites that you have to go through. There's a lot of schooling. There's a lot of classes. You have to be actually certified. You have to go through, you know, certification programs in order to actually get your, get into the door of a classroom. In the creative world, there is nothing out there that's stopping somebody from just raising their hand and being like, I'm a business coach now, no big deal. You know, you can be whatever you want to be, which is a really beautiful and and awesome thing, but it's also um, kind of scary if you think about it. You have no idea what this person has to offer. So in my opinion, what makes somebody kind of qualified to teach would be um, a few things. Like one would be, are you actually in a position where you've seen continued success in your own business? Are you in a position where you've, where you've helped others achieve continued success in theirs? Um, have you seen growth that you can gauge? Have you um, put the work in? I honestly think it, it kind of, you can boil it down to some people just want to wake up and say, me too, I'm also a mentor, or I'm also a coach, or I'm offering a workshop, but I've never done it before. 
and they skip all the hard parts and they go straight into marketing stuff. And it's like, no, 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 you have to practice. You have to develop a curriculum. You have to make sure that curriculum is effective. Like you're skipping all these steps. It takes time. And in our industry, in our society of instant gratification, nobody wants to take the time to actually develop their skills. I just got on such a soapbox, but like I get, Casey can't tell, I get really passionate about this because I'm like, People are skipping all this hard work because it is hard work, but that's what's going to make them effective and amazing and impactful teachers and educators in the future. Oh, that is all so, so true. I feel like you're delivering the the tough love that this podcast is founded on because I think we've all been in that position of working with someone who has claimed to be an educator and maybe we're left feeling like there was something lacking. And that's so disappointing when you're investing in an educator who turns out to maybe not have the expertise or qualifications that we really needed from them. Um, So I'm so glad that you are (laughs) helping educate more of our educators and building up the industry overall um, so that people are looking for effective curriculum that can really impact their students. Um, What do you think are some of those common mistakes that you see from educators in our industry? What could they be doing better? I feel like I dove into this a little bit in the last question, actually, but I, I really just think the biggest common common mistake is jumping in too fast. And um, I wouldn't even say too early because I don't think that there's uh, like a, like you can say, you know, you should generally have this much experience before you teach somebody else, but there's always exceptions to rules. So like I've had Hope Taylor from Hope Taylor Photography on the podcast a couple of times. And she, for example, is the exception to the rule. I always we always talk about that. She had very little, um, quote unquote time experience under her belt, but she was killing it and is an extremely effective educator. I've, I've actually, you know, as somebody who's invested in education with her in the past and who has had her come teach at my retreats, I see the quality there. So I would say the biggest, most common mistake is rushing into things in a speed manner, not so much in a timeline manner. So if that makes any sense at all, but just kind of like jumping the gun in terms of, I have this idea, I feel like I know what I'm doing. So now I'm able to teach it. And then skipping, there's this giant, like this giant step that you've skipped of, I know what I'm doing. I want to teach it. Let me figure out how to teach it, hone in on my processes, hone in on my teaching style, on the styles of my students and then offer it as something that people should invest in. And I think if you skip that step, you're setting yourself up to fail. A hundred percent. I agree with all of that so much. Um, Lots of good stuff to unpack there. But one thing I noticed that you said was missing out on learning to tailor your teaching style. Can you just expand a little bit on that and what kind of teaching styles there might be um, or what what would make you a good fit for a certain type of teaching style or setting? Yeah, I think having having a teaching style, it's one of those things where eventually as you grow as an educator, you're going to want to be able to kind of put on, you know, any hat. Like you're you're going to want to be able to fill any role and be able to do it well, but in the beginning, I think it's really important to kind of hone in on what kind of education you want to offer. So as an example, if you want to become a business coach or a mentor, being able to kind of take the time to tailor that skill set, that craft, and be able to see like, okay, I'm going to spend the time in figuring out what it is that people want in a one-on-one setting. How do people best learn in a one-on-one setting? And then how can I best kind of dig in to my own skill set as a one-on-one coach or mentor and then develop that skill set over time? 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely playing to your strengths in different settings and then finding areas of growth where you can improve to be a well-rounded educator. I think that makes a lot of sense for someone who is looking to get into the industry and to be an effective educator overall. That being said, let's say someone is listening to this podcast today. They have the heart for education. They really want to leave an impact on their students. Where do they start? What do they do to take those steps towards becoming a successful educator and one who really can leave an impact on all of their students and create that ripple effect that we were talking about? I love that. I think that there's so many places that you could start really like today without rushing anything, really. You could start putting out free content and see how your audience responds to it if you know what it is generally that you would like to teach. If you don't know what it is that you want to teach specifically within an industry, so let's say like you're an artist or a calligrapher or something and you're like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to teach on the business side of things. And if I do, what, you know, what subcategory within business do I want to teach? Or do I want to teach the actual art, the actual craft? Do I want to teach workshops or teach um, online videos where I'm, where I'm teaching people in their own homes how to draw or paint or whatever it is that you do. So I think if you're at that point where you're like, I really don't even know what I want to teach, I think the first step that you should take, it's not a super sexy step. I think it's sitting in some reflection and deciding like, okay, what are my strong suits? Like not just what do I feel like I'm good at doing? What have I heard other people say that I'm good at doing? Ask your friends, ask your peers, ask your clients, you know, what is it that stands out about what I do? What would you want to learn from me? And then go from there into the next step of kind of like offering up some free education and seeing if that free education has any impact and has any a return on the people who are spending the time kind of going through it. Yeah, that is amazing. I think that's so smart to lay a strong foundation first and then build from there because I think it's really hard to scale back or shift gears once you have, you know, put all the time and effort into launching a program without any validation to know if it's really (laughs) of value to the people that you're hoping to teach. So that definitely makes a lot of sense as that first step. Um, Even if, like you said, it's not exactly the most exciting part of being an educator, that self-reflection will go a really long way. And I know too, as someone who you host in-person events and retreats and workshops, And I know that you've told me you get a lot of pitches for people that want to speak or be a part of this, but when you're asking them what their preferred topics are, you know, they don't really know yet. And so I think that is something that you've seen as a common thread, that people aren't always taking those steps. And if they had, it would really put them a step above the rest. So I think that's a great way to kind of get ahead is to take it slow and set that foundation so that you can stand out among all the other people who are hoping to also join this education industry. So I think that all makes a ton of sense. I guess in a more exciting note, what's the most rewarding part about doing that groundwork and becoming an educator? What do you think is the most fulfilling and rewarding part of that role in our industry? Oh my gosh, this is my favorite question because I I do love a good, you know, kind of success and victorious kind of story and feeling. But honestly, the most rewarding thing is the same kind of reward that I felt when I was in the classroom working with a student from the beginning of the year when they literally knew nothing to like the end of the year when they flourished into this like really accomplished and and really confident student. And so I think that's the reward is that if you take the time to really grow your skill set as a teacher, as an educator, you will immediately be able to see your students flourishing. And that 
that is the biggest reward that you can hope for because as you're leaving impact with your students, they're going out and they're impacting their clients. Their families are being impacted by the betterment of their business. I guess there's just so much that as somebody who is having effective education take place can see in their students that for me, it's definitely just seeing the success and the growth and the confidence of my students. Yeah. It sounds like it has those really tangible real life effects in their businesses and their life, which sounds incredible to me. Um, I also love that you did not mention money. I think that's kind of another myth in this (laughs) education world. (laughs) A lot of people are seeking passive income and, you know, so am I, we all are. That's a great thing to be looking for, but education I don't think is necessarily the path to that. And you've talked about that a lot before. Um, But I love that you're just approaching this from a heart-based place. And I think, again, that's part of laying the foundation where if you have that heart and you really want to leave the impact with your students, you're so much more likely to come up with that effective curriculum that really will transform their lives. You know, it's not some cheap trick to earn your passive income money. And I just love that you're coming from that place. And I know that your students are too, that you guys have that common thread. Yeah. I mean, listen, girls got to eat. Like we all, we all need to make the money. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really interesting to see that a lot of people who try to get into education to make a quick buck, like they quickly learn that that's just not the way that it is. In fact, in the first couple of years, you will likely lose money if you're doing things in what I think is the right way. Really quality education can and will and should eventually be really profitable. But like you said, I think when you're coming at it, hoping that it's going to add quick profit to your business and to your offerings, that's not necessarily going to come true. So I would just caution anybody whose main priority is financial to kind of at least recalibrate what kind of education they want to offer. Like maybe you put out some online education that is very hands-off, some like online guides, maybe a shop, something that you don't really have to have that high touch kind of one-on-one feel with your student. Yeah. I like that you're really transparent about that too, that, you know, it's not immediately profitable, that it takes that hard work and foundation to get it to that place. So yeah, I think Oh my gosh, you've given so many good tips and I've been so lucky to learn these things from you over the years. And I'm just so excited for the rest of the world to be able to learn from all of your expertise in this area. Um, And I've also had the privilege of a little bit of an inside look at the new program that you're launching, the Creative Educator Academy. I am so, so, so excited for everybody to get to see this. It's just filled with all kinds of good advice on taking it slow and building that foundation um, and really tangible, actionable steps to creating a curriculum that can benefit and impact your students. So I'm biased. I'm excited about it, but I'd love for you to tell us a little more about what's included in that program, what type of education it covers, and what you would hope for anybody who signs up to walk through this program with you. Well, that was beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. That makes that makes me so excited about what's coming. But like you mentioned, it really is designed to help teach people how to teach, how to create curriculums that are effective, how to make sure that you're serving your students in the best way possible. We go through kind of like the five, what I like to call kind of like the five main areas of education in the creative industry, which is, of course, curriculum development, one-on-one coaching, small group education, whether that's leading a breakout session at a conference or hosting a workshop or hosting a retreat on stage speaking. And then of course, we also talk about masterminds and group coaching and peer-to-peer kind of education. So we kind of touch on all five of those things and make sure that 
basically anybody who wants to teach can be equipped and be trained into how to best serve their students. So my hope, my true hope in developing this program and releasing it to the public is that my students will then go on and impact so many more students afterwards. So it's kind of, it's interesting because it's kind of full circle in the podcast episode, but really that ripple effect, that's, that's my goal. That's my hope. That's the heart behind the program. So I'm excited to see where it goes. As incredible as that all sounds, I happen to know that you are being very modest about the value that's offered in this course. I think you've just touched on some of the main points, but there is so, so much more to come from this program and all of the things that are offered in it. I know that you've had a few students who have already walked through this program and have started to give you incredible feedback about the ways that it's impacting their approach to curriculum design and education that does have that strong foundation. So I am so glad that our listeners here today have gotten a little peek into it, but I think that they are going to be truly blown away when they see all the amazing value that's available inside this program. And that's coming honestly as someone who's gotten the inside peek at it. I feel like I have already learned so much and I know that they will too. So I'm just so excited for them to get into it. Let's tell people how they can learn more about it if they're interested, um, if this is something that they feel like might be a good fit for them as they are navigating the educational realm. What are some steps that they could take to get connected to this program? Oh, thank you so much for that. First of all, Sarah, that was super sweet. I'm excited. I'm so excited to just get it out there to the public. My beta group has been really amazing to work with. Just seeing the results has been really, really humbling and really amazing. So for anybody who's interested, you can go check out more information at thecreativeeducatoracademy.com where you can currently join the waitlist. It is coming the first week of February. So that's when we are opening doors to enrollment. Those doors will be open for a week and I'm so excited to see what students we're going to be welcoming into our academy. I'm, I'm just so thrilled to start seeing that ripple effect, start seeing that impact, and start seeing some amazing teachers and educators grow and flourish within the academy. I am too. I am just so thrilled for it and the impact that this is going to leave. Laylee, thank you for letting me hop on the other side of the mic today. <laughs> that was fun. I'm going to quit my day job to be a podcast interviewer, but... <laughs> It's been really fun to ask you about this topic that I know that you're so passionate about. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with everybody and continuing to leave that impact both here in the podcast, in the way that you interact with people in daily life, and of course, through the Educator Academy. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. I definitely don't think I'll be doing this very often. <laughs> it was super fun and it was really cool to see kind of like what other people experience on this side of the mic. So thanks so much. And we'll have you back. We'll have to have you back on the show soon. <laughs> I would love that. And good luck to all of the people out there who are looking to pursue a career in education. I'm excited to see where you all are able to take this. Me too. All right. Thanks, Bren. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.